Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. I don't know why I said it so dramatically, but I'm kind of happy about it. Okay. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. The NFL draft is going on. We'll touch on that. But uh, overall, we're again, it's good to see you, man. Uh, we've both been traveling again. Uh, how you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Um, you know, just uh, running the race uh, against time and money, building the business. But all, all in all, pretty good. Well, it's funny because we were just having lunch and both of us were like, I have no idea what what went on this week, and then we was said, "Oh, these this, yeah, oh, all yeah. these." And pretty fucking busy week. Yep. Starting with Joe Biden officially saying he's going to rerun uh, in twenty twenty four. When asked, "Didn't you say you weren't going to do that?" He tap danced around that, saying, "I never actually said that. I said I wanted to be a bridge." Whatever. You can actually, all right, you can make a case that his record warrants him running again. Is if you just. Purely analytically, look at what he's done. I think you would have to say his administration's been pretty effective. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he, you know, Trump talked about an infrastructure bill for, you know, four years, and Biden got one passed. And, you know, people can be as critical about that as they want to be, but, you know, I, like my, this directly impacts my company, right? And what right. we're doing and what we're trying to do with, you know, 3D printed construction and automated construction and, and, you know, advancing, um, you know, workforce development in those arenas. And, you know, we talk about this bill a lot because there's a lot of different things in there that obviously help us as a company, but that are hugely beneficial for the U.S. workforce, for our infrastructure, for our supply chain. Um, and it takes a lot, it will take a lot of work and we're having to push municipalities and push other companies in our industry, but there's a there's a lot of good there. So I can definitely put that as a as a check mark on the win it's column. Personally, for Biden, impacted right? you and the business you yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not I'm not it's backed by George Soros. No one's putting money in my oh, pocket really? to <laughs> right. Uh, but like, no one's putting money in my pocket to trumpet for anybody. I've openly talked about how I didn't like Joe Biden. I didn't right. you know think that he was the right choice. Um, but there are things that he's done that are that have been positive that I can personally attest to, and not just anecdotally, right. sure. but have had to study the numbers and the impact and the data behind it. And it's not all perfect and rainbows sure, and unicorns, sure. but there's a lot of good there just from that. Um, you look at some of what they've done with with you know like drug prices and things like that. Those are all good. Yeah. You know, Trump had you know some stuff. You know, he talked about stuff like that, and I think he can argue that he got the ball rolling. You know, the Biden administration were able to push some of this stuff through. There, there are good things. There are bad things. Sure. There are gaps. Um, I don't think uh, he's not my choice to be the the main candidate running in this next election. I definitely would prefer if he didn't run and if there were you know other choices. Um, Literally think, a succession plan, like, hey, yes. I'm 80 some years old. Yeah, that, I mean, a lot the show of it, succession is coming and, to an and, end. I didn't watch it, but right, it was great. But. I have a lot, like, part of it is, is his age, right? 100%. And, you know, and the reality is, is, like, you can talk about, like, Trump is up there as well. Right. Like, you're, now you're, it's not only, like, politics, but it's just, like, is this guy going to make it? Like, I, you, you know what I mean? It's I, just, absolutely. And I was thinking about this just the other day. Like, if I was, I'm, all right, I'm not going to walk into a trap here, but um, demographically speaking, what kind of a slap in the face is it to non-old white men? You've got, if, if it's Trump and Biden, you've got two elderly, white, basically stodgy old dudes. I mean, you, you know, Biden's kind of a dope. You can easily make the guy sound off, sound awfully creepy. Trump is currently being sued for an alleged sexual assault. Not to mention uh, Karen McDougal's, uh, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a woman, if you are a person of color, if you are a young person, and you're told... America is the land where you are represented, and those two guys are your are your candidates. I can see voter turnout being very low. Well, no, I, I mean I don't think uh, I don't think turnout will be low. I mean I think because and actually that's the Trump factor, right? Trump. Right. I mean, you know, if 
if especially if the if the candidate is Trump, right? Turnout's turn going to gonna be him. high because well, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing that where people argue it's just like, oh well, Trump got all these votes. How did Biden get more? It's like, look, for all you dipshits that love Trump, there are that many more people who don't love him. Right, like there's 330 million, and he's a very divisive figure, and you're passionately in love with him, and so if that means someone is passionately in love with him, that means that someone likely passionately hates him, and there seem to be more people who passionately hate him, right? And they talk, oh well, Biden didn't get that many people at his rallies and events. It's like, look, people don't have to love Biden to hate Trump. People don't have to come out in droves to support Biden. They may not like him. They don't love him as much as you love Trump, and they don't go to his rallies or whatever. But what they do know is that they really don't like Trump. So they may not really give enough shits to support Biden in any major outshowing of support. But what they they will do is show up to vote against Donald Trump. I think it was Chris Christie, actually, who said that the only Republican that Joe Biden can beat is Donald Trump. He says, if you give the American people a choice that isn't one of those two guys, that person's going to be real attractive to a lot of folks. Which brings us to Ron DeSantis, who looked like the knight on a, on a white horse going to step in and save the soul of the Republican Party. And he is proving himself to be, a, I think, very short-tempered, very uh, I mean, I think the, aggressive. Yeah, and, I mean, here's the thing with DeSantis. Damn it, I'm sorry. Ultimately, for uh, with DeSantis, you know, uh, I think there were a lot of things in place for him to be the obvious choice for the GOP, but the one thing that would stop him is himself. Him. <laughs> and my thought was that, you know, he would be smart enough to just kind of keep his mouth shut uh, and let Trump kind of hang himself, and he was doing that for a while, and then he couldn't resist it, and he opened his mouth. Um, and ultimately, I, now, here's the thing about here's the thing about it. We're still a year and a half away yeah, from election true. day, and so and he still hasn't declared his he candidacy. hasn't declared his candidacy. Um, you know, there's been no debates. There's no like so right. everyone it, it, like yeah. This is and and again, I'm not rooting for the guy, but I do think that he poses a threat to Trump, and ultimately, he's a guy that if he gets in the White House, I think is dangerous. Yeah, right. No, he, and so he's showing his colors, right, with the but, aggressive stance against. Yeah, you know, I mean, like his, you know, this whole thing with Disney is all because Disney came out and said, you know, we don't like this bill that you put out. So now he's waged a war of vengeance against Disney that does not look like all. You know, all the conservative right wing MAGA Trump DeSantis supporters are going to do everything that he does. They're gonna they're gonna look at it through a positive light. Oh, yeah, he's taking it to Disney. He's taking it to Disney. Even though anyone with any basic common sense can see, like, look, Disney is consistently counterpunching you, and you are missing with your swings. Like, you got one body blow in, and, and now, and, and like, you're taking jab, it to jab, the jab, hook, yep. Right, and, and that, like, that's the reality of what's going on here, but, like, he's going to continue to push it and spin it because people are going to buy it and eat it up, um, and I think... You know, obviously, I think that's a mistake for a lot of different reasons. Not only politically, I just think like, why, like, why are you, you know, the the biggest employer in your state? They're one of the biggest attractions in your state. Um, you're you're screwing it up all because they're not talking the way you want them to talk. And frankly, it really shouldn't matter. But he's decided to go this route, and this could like not this alone, but you know, his just overall personality could hurt him. But I I still like his chances. Okay. Yeah. It was, I lived in Orlando for about a year, and don't mess with Disney was just like understood. They used to, the, the the line was, "You don't fuck with the rat because the rat has teeth." Yeah, <laughs> and and, and he's so powerful, and he's learning that. But the problem is, he doesn't he doesn't know how to back out of this, right? I mean, it's not Vladimir Putin in Ukraine, no. but he he really stepped into this. He doesn't want to look like he's been beaten. Yeah. He doesn't want to look like he's backing down. So he's just pulling himself further and further into it. And the reality is, like, look, this part of Disney's plan is, like, you're not going to be a governor of Florida forever. We're not going anywhere. And we're not going anywhere. So, you know, Disney can more than afford to drag this out. Oh, and by the way, even if the state of Florida turned against Disney, they don't get their money from people in the state of Florida. Exactly. get people to come to them. You know, I mean, like, so they can challenge and push back on everything it is that DeSantis is going to throw at them. Until he's not there anymore. Right. Right. And then, you know, someone else comes in, who knows who it is. And the question is, 
does that person really want to pick up this fight or does all the all of it go away? Because Disney can fight this fight as long as they want to, right? As long as you know, and, as, and they're going to have a ton of allies because yeah. every there is no reason to go to Orlando, Florida. Once you take away, <laughs> take away right? Once you take away, I, I would argue there's no reason to go to Orlando, Florida, <laughs> well, and stop there. But that's just my opinion, right? But I mean, like, so it's uh, no look. I, I, the guy is definitely he. Def, I, it's easy to see how he rubs people the wrong way. It's you know he's very yeah. you know very narcissistic, very arrogant and and you know kind of all over the place but look donald trump got elected almost got reelected, and is going to be running again and he's the True. same sort of this unstable whatever so you know people can talk about all True. these character flaws but there's a guy who was just president who was all these things that you know i thought was gross back when he had the dumb show apprentice and yet he became the president of the united states so don't sit here and tell me that because of a guy's shitty personality, he can't become president. The difference is that Donald Trump, as much as I hate to admit it, has charisma. DeSantis, not as much. I think people loved the concept of DeSantis so much that when the real thing showed up, it's like when I'm on these dating sites. I swipe right on this girl. She's gorgeous. She shows up and like, okay, that picture is from 1998. So you look great in 98. Maybe, so but I. I mean, I just if you. If you look at what people are willing to ignore, and especially on oh. the right, in terms of who and what they support, I, I just don't like and having he, the memory of a goldfish helps. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I don't like I, I just don't see his lack of personality right as something that is going to be a huge detractor. I think people are rooting for that; they're hoping for it. Like you personally don't not you, but no, no, you personally don't like Ron DeSantis and the faces that he makes and. <laughs> His outbursts and how obnoxious he is. Like, yeah, sure, you. But there are a whole bunch of people that do. It's yeah. clear. He won He won the, his governorship going, going away. And we already, by that point, knew who and what he was. Yeah. Right? In a state that was typically a 52 yeah. to 48 type state. It was what, moderate. 60 to 40 or something? Right, it wasn't even close. Again, you know, and, I mean, and, and this he was running against a candidate that had held office. Yes, I mean, and he's and the dude's got like he he's got a brand, he's got support. You could sit there and tell me, well, once the whole country sees him, they're not going to like him, and he's not going to be a valid candidate. Bullshit. Ted Cruz has a legion of people that follow him, yeah. right? Now he's one of and the most unlikable <laughs> people in the history of government. I was going to say, ever. Right? <laughs> like, and he keeps winning, and he keeps winning his Senate seat in Texas. Right yeah. now, he got yeah. I mean, he got blown out, but I mean, like Ted Cruz ended up losing to Trump, right? So again, this whole concept that oh well, he's not that charismatic. Like I the, like you get like that's not a factor, right? It's just it's not like he understands the brand, and if you get him to a point where it's him versus Trump, he ends and he ends up beating Trump out. This concept that well, people aren't gonna like him nationally. You really think that's gonna keep them from the voting polls? From, from from voting right. for him, yeah. You know, mean, if they voted for Trump, especially if he's running especially against Biden, running against Biden or someone any or or someone further left than Biden. If you if you watch nothing but Fox News, and I talk to lots of people who do, you gen genuinely believe Joe Biden can't form a sentence. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't fumble. I'm not saying he shows his age at times. But they have been splicing together. Bits where it make, make it look like he's falling asleep at press conferences and shit. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and look, that that's that's obviously a narrative that they. And look, I mean, he's eighty years old. Yeah, you know. Now, I mean, my argument is like, look, Trump's seventy six. So, I mean, by the time all this rolls yeah. around, you know, these guys are going to be octogenarians in the 81, office. <laughs> 82, 75, 76, whatever, or seventy six, seventy seven, seventy eight. Yeah. However old, so they don't but that like, way. yeah, yeah, like the, I mean, like these guys are just, it's like. I think we need a fresh start on both sides. I agree. You know, with, with younger candidates. Not that I'm in love with anybody from either side right now. Like, there's no one who I'm looking at just like, God, I really hope that they break out. Um, but, I mean, we definitely need better options than Trump and Biden. I don't want... Uh, like, I don't, I don't like DeSantis, and I don't want him in that position, but he seems like he could be a good fit on the right. And I don't know who else I really think actually has the chops given the realistic layout that we're dealing with right where people's heads at what they you know what they're buying into and everything else like before it would have been nikki haley but I, she doesn't she's she won't be in this i think when we're down when we're down to the wire and they're picking who is going to be the nominee for the gop i i, I had the perfect candidate for the gop 
And I told in, you before no, his no, 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 you're jumping to conclusions, my friend. Okay. You thought I was going to say Larry Hogan. Yes. I'm not. Unfortunately, the candidate I want is technically not eligible, but I would love to see him in the primary anyway. Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger would be awesome to watch. Jesus Christ. He is such a... He is so unafraid of pissing off the anti-Trump Fair, crowd. Fair, but he really wasn't a good governor. And he and he, he and he's not constitutionally able to hold the right. office. I mean, like, I just love the concept of him being up there going, okay. "Shut the fuck up, Donald." <laughs> okay, well, Trump, Donald. All right. I mean, <laughs> thought popped into my head. Okay, sometimes I have to share them, Steve. Yeah, they're best when they're out in the world. Have to is an interesting. Term, all right, man. I definitely choose to, and I'm completely content with my choice. Um. Uh, all right, moving. All right, so speaking of Fox News, only watching Fox News. If that's your source of uh, infotainment, you took a bit of a kick in the nuts this week because Tucker Carlson got fired. You texted me, and I was, I had not seen it, and I was like, "Damn!" Since then, a lot's come out. Well, so you had Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon basically getting fired same day, almost back to back. I, I'm not sure the timeline, which one happened first. Like I, I, I definitely guess, learned about Tucker first. Yeah, I mean, but they, they, you know, like it happened really, really close together. Um, you know, and you know, people are trying to spin it that they parted ways. They got fired. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Tucker. This happened on Monday. You know, Tucker signs off on his show. Hey, we'll see you guys on Monday, and have a great weekend. Blah blah blah. And then he's not there on Monday, and he's replaced by some other talking head. Killed me, I think. Yeah, and um, you know. You know, obviously the Tucker loyalists were very upset, and Fox's numbers are down because Tucker's gone. Um, you know, look, it, you know now, and then I, you know to frame it, we'll talk about each individual guy in a second. But then Don, you know, we find out about Don Lemon. Uh, he also gets let go. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the specific cause was. Um, I know there were a couple different incidents you could look at when he, you know, some people were referring to his comment about Nikki Haley not right. being in her prime. Other people talk about his ad, his outburst to uh, the the GOP candidate that said that the NRA supported black people, um, and Don Lemon was kind of beside himself on that whole front. Uh, but either way, uh, both guys are out now. An interesting thing has come about that they're both talking about doing a joint podcast together, um, talking about the powers that be in the media and everything else. So, that's, Sad, sadly, I would listen to that. I, would, I'm, I, I don't particularly like or respect either of them, to be honest with you. And with Don Lemon, I think the writing was on the wall when they moved him out of his prime time spot into the morning. Uh, I, I think mean, they were letting him know. I thought it was like Milton from Office Space, where they just kept making his situation more and more unlikable, hoping you know, he would leave. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm not a big cable news guy. I don't watch much Fox, MSNBC, CNN, whatever. I just, I, It's just all... Well, you get your straight dope from George Soros, so. Right. Um, but, no, I mean, I just, I've never been a, like, well, I, I was I a big kind of cable news junkie. You could kind of see where it was going, so I jumped out of that. I, I read a lot. I, look, I try to look for articles from different sources, different sources across the board on the same topic just to get an idea to piece it all together on what is what. Yeah, and you do um, on serious, serious XM as a yeah, source for you. With and like I Karen do, right, and, like a politi or Politico. Um, um, POTUS. POTUS is a, is a big channel. It's relatively neutral. Um, you know, I will kind of go to the conservative channel. I'll also go to the to Urban View, which is, you know, looking at uh, things from a black perspective. Um, there is a really progressive channel a little bit further down the dial on Sirius that I listen to for all of 10 minutes, and it's so out there that I can't. What is it? I don't even... It's, I think it's on channel, I want to say, uh, what are all those? You, it, the 120 is probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think POTUS is 124. The conservative right. uh, channel is 125. Right. And then so the uh, so Urban View is 126. So the progressive channel is like 127. Okay. And it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm listening to it, and it's a lot of, it is big identity politics stuff. Um you know, it, everything is racist. You know, everyone hates trans people and there's, you know, all that stuff, which there is some truth to it, but it's the far, it's the far progressive sure. left. That's the guy that if you and, ever said, um, 
you know, yeah, whatever. Right. Like, I mean, it's just like, you know, everything is problematic. You know, they talk a lot about toxic masculinity and all that other stuff. It's just right. like, okay, that's just, I, I can't. So, sure. but anyway, like, that's one of the sources where I get information from. But back to Tucker and Don Lemon. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about Tucker is, you know, the Murdochs, you know, specifically Rupert Murdoch, you know, like he, he's shown this before, right? Bill O'Reilly and a few other people that he's just fired. You know, he, you know, you're just like, well, there are all these things where you could have fired him. And then why, like, why was this particular thing, the, the straw that broke the camel's back? And, you know, I read an interesting article that, you know, Murdoch kind of goes until he feels that, like, until, like, he has, a, until he feels in his head he's got a justifiable reason to fire a person, he's going to ride them out and sort of max and get what, what he can out of them. But then once, and it seems like the trigger is, like, once there's a big blow up where Fox gets sued, right, because of a certain personality and what they, and their behavior or whatever, sure. like, he'll let it go, knowing that, like, while they're doing this thing that's getting them sued, he doesn't care because in the moment they're making money off of it. But the second it flips and they're not making money off of it, and now they're getting called to task for it, it's like, all right, well, now I'm going to fire you. Right. Sure. And so it's, and it's not necessarily the, like, if you're just purely business and you take the politics out of it, right? Like, you've got this thing that's generating revenue for you, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, you write it out. And then even, even if you aren't comfortable with the way that it's making revenue, and then it gets to a point where it's costing you money. So then that's when you eliminate whatever that thing is. Well, in this case, it's people. It was Bill O'Reilly, and now it's Tucker Carlson, and I think there have been a couple others at Fox. Um, Roger Ailes. Well, yeah, but, I mean, again, with, a little bit with, different with there. Bill O'Reilly, well, so Bill O'Reilly, but Bill O'Reilly, they paid like a, $40 million is the number in my head, but I could be wrong about that. But they paid a ton of money in legal settlements because Bill O'Reilly couldn't keep it in his pants. Yep. Tucker Carlson didn't have that specific thing, but he did have all of his association with the $787 million settlement that just got made. And apparently some of the stuff that leaked was him trashing senior management at Fox. Right. And, and that's never a good, and <laughs> it's a little bit confusing on like some of, some of his criticism and because what I couldn't tell from what I read, and I, I didn't get too deep into it because I, you know, like it doesn't necessarily matter. It seemed like he was like obviously he's criticizing management. What I couldn't tell was, was he criticizing them for, you know, continuing to go down this road of fake election Trump and Sidney Powell and everything else, or was he criticizing them for not letting him just go full carte blanche? You know, crazy lies or whatever, and and whatever. I, and I, I, I don't either. I didn't. Or was he just into... criticizing him because he's a right or whiny little bitch? And... Well, no. I mean, like, look. I mean, I think there, there was definitely some criticism to go around at Fox management. Like, I True. mean, to sit there and flip on him, a... like you're calling him a bitch, but it's just like why, why? Like you're you're taking that opportunity to call him a bitch, but like he's actually doing the thing that doesn't make him a bitch in this situation. If he's actually calling out management at Fox. Like, okay, fine. I, I, you I, know what I, well, my, my point is, if I'm if I'm caught behind closed doors saying, you know, my my boss is a fucking moron. That guy, how the fuck did he get a job in the first place? He couldn't flip burgers. And if I owned yeah. if I owned McDonald's, I wouldn't. You know what? If it's stuff like that, which is the vibe I got, and that I don't have any specific quotes, but that's the vibe well, I got. Well, I mean, his, his complaints him. were he, he was making complaints that was like they're impacting our credibility. Right oh. now, but the well, question, right, yeah. <laughs> like, and so the question is, like, are they impacting your credibility because they're saying go with this narrative, or are they impacting your credibility because they're not letting you go as far into the narrative as you want to go? You know, they're putting some restraints on it because they're worried about getting sued, and then bam, they do get sued. And like, and, and they're I, still being sued, right, by the way, right? Like, they, you know, they've got the Smartmatic suit coming up, and, and so I don't know what he was being critical of. I didn't, like I said, I only read the one specific quote and then try to, did, didn't try to dig through the rest. Um, but I still think that it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because we did get, like, there were more, you know, text and emails of his release. Sure. Where, again, it just shows where he's talking about the gullibility of the audi- audience and he's talking about what they believe. He's talking about how some of these people that he's having on his show are full of shit, that they're not reliable sources that they're pulling that they're literally making stuff up 
right? And right. just going again, like you know, it's funny he's talking about credibility. It's just like you are putting this shit on the air. Your credibility is already lost, and yet no, it's not because the reality is, whether Tucker Carlson does a show with Don Lemon or he just does a show on his own or whatever, he's going to make millions and millions over and over again doing so. Like, think about it. Alex Jones and all the money that he makes with InfoWars, right? We could talk about how big of an idiot and dope he is, but the reality is he is also pulling in millions of dollars mm -hmm. to the tunes of nearly a billion by just being a, a purveyor of bullshit, right? And so Tucker, without the restraints of a giant network around him, right, you, you know, what is but, he going to do? Well, but so here's, here's a couple things about the guy that I don't think it's said enough. He likes to play the I'm the everyman, blah, blah, blah. He's the heir to the Swanson food uh, Well, he's business. not actually the heir. Okay, whatever. He's in that family. He's in, he's in the Swanson he, family. Well, he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not an heir. He's not a, he, the woman he married oh. right, is, in, is part of that. Okay, but I thought it was... They right. are very, like, there's a very clean, I guess, prenup agreement, right? Like, they're very wealthy and everything else. And look, he was making... Whether he's the heir to the Swanson or whatever, the money, I mean, he, he had a hundred million dollar contract with Fox. Right. So, and by the way, his severance was zero, which, his severance was zero, which, but he's suing and we'll was, see. But that's going to make it more interesting. That is going to make it more interesting <laughs> to see what comes out. But the reality is, even with the zero severance or whatever, he's still walking into a multi million yeah. dollar project here with whatever he does next. Um, because whether you like him or not, he still has a following and an audience that someone is going to want to capitalize on. Um, you know, well, they, he's been fired by MSNBC, CNN, Fox, and but he doesn't need that big network anymore. Well, we'll see. He doesn't. I, I don't think he's dynamic enough for people. Like he doesn't. I, I don't like Alex Jones, but I find him hilarious. Okay. I I think Tucker Carlson's a mimbo. Fine. I mean, but I, you, you don't I, think like listen. Who are me and you? We're a couple of a couple of fucking Dudes Midwest guys. Yeah, yeah. We, we we probably have a few thousand people that listen to us or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, look, Tucker Carlson was the face of Fox News. All right. Who's got a track record? Who's got a following? Right. He could easily have a few million people that want to tune in and listen to his show, and that alone, right? No matter what he's saying, right? Like he, he could be he could be selling. Uh, tanning beds for your balls. Remember that whole thing? I forgot. Remember about that, that video where you had the guy standing in front of the thing for, to that. boost your testosterone? I forgot about it, but I do remember okay. that happening. Yeah, he could be talking about that. He's people are still going to tune in and listen to him to the tune of millions, right? Like, I mean, he, like he, he may have a million people, and like there's value in that. Yeah. So what? What? I know Bill O'Reilly stayed on the air. He got back yeah, on the got, air. Yeah, he's still but, on the air. It's but, got, he's got his own. If you, it's like BillOReilly.com. Okay. And, and he makes Carlson money the off same, of but advertising and all that other stuff. Like that's a but he's become essentially a Bill. At least from what I watch, and I I do watch a fair amount of cable TV, cable news, typically on YouTube. Um, and man, Bill O'Reilly's been but invisible for a long time. But to you, yeah, he's been invisible to you. But yeah. you have to understand, they don't need you or I, right? They just like. Tucker Carlson, Bill O'Reilly, all these people, Megyn Kelly, even Don Lemon. Like, they all have, like, these people were in front of millions of faces every yeah. night. All right. So, even if Bill O'Reilly isn't in your face on Fox News where you could find them, there are a million people out there, right? Just think about how big that number is, um, right? Like, even, even if that's a fraction of the people who watch his show on a nightly basis over the course of the years. Right, all he needs is a small percentage of that, and he still has enough to where people are going to want to advertise and get like. It's just like you may not be on the news every night, face of whatever, but you still are drawing people to your website, right? If we cared about our social media and our website and building it up and everything else, even with the size of our show, we could drive revenue if we really wanted to put yeah. the time and effort into it. Which have other jobs, unfortunately, right? Like we, you know, but if we if we really wanted to go that route. Right, which is kind of the route we were going, and then it was just too much because yeah. again, we yeah. have like grown up jobs and everything else. But if we really wanted to go that route, there are people who you would who make you know a few hundred thousand dollars a year off their podcasts, yeah, right. And oh, so, and, but, and they're but, yeah. literally no one who have never been on the face. Like, think about something like Pod Save America, right? Who are those people? They were never even 
the face of anything, right? Like they were all behind were, the scene. Yeah, guys. they were Obama's speechwriters, basically. Yeah, they were all behind the scene guy, people that you didn't recognize. And look how big their po- it's just a podcast, them sitting around and talking. So now talk about someone who had literally an actual audience every single fucking night and then says, Hey, I'm gonna start this whole independent thing. He may not get he will even if he only again gets a tenth of the people that watched him every night, that type of crowd, that type of audience is yeah. going to be enough where people are going to want to advertise. So, and that's and, the whole and, point. And that's, yeah, and that's, I mean... From the money side of it. Segwaying, Stephen Crowder is what you're describing. A guy who just does his own thing, advertises, makes money. Yeah. And he's, I don't know how much money Stephen Crowder makes, but we were discussing him at lunch because of an issue that we'll bring up in a moment. But, um, yeah, he's done pretty well for himself. Now, again, comes from a wealthy family, so he's got that going for him. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I, again, like Stephen Crowder isn't anybody. Like I, I don't, I've never seen he's him. He's an idiot. Right? I mean, like I know he's a comic, and I think he's done some stuff on Rogan. Maybe I, he, I don't know. He, I'm going to defend comics and say he has done stand-up comedy. I, I, I believe I am a more accomplished comic than Stephen Crowder. Okay. Uh, I, again, I don't know the guy. I, 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 I just, I've seen him on Rogan. I've seen him on a few other things. He's the guy who sets up a booth on a college campus and says, you know. I like guns. Prove me wrong yeah, or whatever. I've seen the I've seen yeah. the meme. I, yeah. is that a regular thing he does, or did yeah, he just do it once uh, and then he's he's it got it turned into times. a meme? It, but it, either yeah. way, he's a nobody that got turned into somebody because of social media, and that drives revenue, and that's and he makes money off of it. So if Steven Crowder can do it, right, and Alex Jones, and again, like you throw in this charisma thing, right, or this entertainment value like you have to be you don't need to be a good entertainer right like you don't need to be like alex jones is a fucking moron right like uh, like but Steven, he's entertaining i guess right like i don't find that entertaining right okay. i find it fucking gross right? oh i'm not saying it can be like, two things at once yeah i mean it's just like like sometimes he says some insane stupid shit where like you don't have a choice but to laugh but to the tune where it should make him a billion fucking dollars like that no, guy, no, no. that guy's worth a billion fucking dollars. I, 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 if I said anything even sounding, but my but to my point is like that's how, you know, like you know, like you're you're making it seem like all right, well now these guys are growing off into oblivion and Bill O'Reilly is nothing. Like these guys are still making millions of dollars. They are, but but and you, they're going to their platform, like you said, will get cut by ninety percent. Sure, but they're still going to have a massive outlet, right? And you know. Now the 10% way percent of massive is still ten percent of massive. Yeah, and like, look, they're still going to get boosted, right? Especially Tucker. Like Elon Musk is going to make sure that Tucker gets boosted on his platform. That's clear based off the way. Like, just look how the platform operates now, right? Like, if you go through like your Twitter feed, like you're getting tons and tons of shit that you would have never got before. Most of it coming from the conservative right, right? It's the exact opposite of the way Twitter was before. Like before, you would get on Twitter. And you would see all sorts of shit that was very left-leaning or what you would, some people would consider neutral. You know, a lot of stuff from the Washington Post, a lot of stuff from the New York Times, all that stuff. Now, if you go through our feed, I haven't changed anything in our algorithm. And yet now almost everything that you see, every other thing is from far-right, conservative, whatever. You know, like that, that, leading that, into very gross territory. That, that's, you know, that's another thing that where we are very different. I watch a fair bit of cable news, quite a bit of cable news. You spend a lot of time in the Twitter world. And you see yes. shit in the Twitter world I don't see, and I'm not sure I'm disappointed about that. No, and, and look, and I think I, I don't get much from the cable news outlets because I think a lot of what people out there are saying, and it's a lot of people on the right, I think there is some truth to it. Um, but the problem is, is that they can't acknowledge about the, the they can't acknowledge the bias from their side, but they'll call out you know liberal news all the time, and I think both and it's not a both sides thing, like you have these media companies that have found their financial niche where they make their nut pushing certain narratives, right? That's obvious. That's what's going on with cable news. So I kind of jump out of it now and and look for other sources. And the the easiest place to find those sources collectively is on a place like Twitter. I'm not arguing with anything you just said. The problem is... There's so much of the world that does exactly what you're doing, but they don't have the general understanding, and they find themselves going down paths of America Patriot, you know, whatever yeah. that. No, I, no, so listen, those guys go. You can those. easily get sucked down rabbit holes, and I do all the time. But then I also but know you, how to hit. Yeah, you get out of them. Right, I, I know how to hit eject, um, and it, it's also a frustrating place because 
you know, like it, it's, you know, people, it's just like, oh, well, if, it, because like there, you can have a, a news source that like the New York Times that everyone says is anti-Jew, but too progressive and all, all the complaints they have about the New York Times. F fine, that's out there, but they still have put things out there that are accurate, that are fact-based. Sure. Right, like so. Sometimes you use that as a source, but then people they don't look at the information that's in there and it's just like, well, it came from the New York Times. I don't trust it. Right, right. It's just, or it came from the Washington Post. I don't trust it. It came from the Associated Fox Press. News came from. It came from. It came MSNBC, from this. It came yeah. from Breitbart. I don't trust it. Right. Like, there's a really good vertical I've talked about it before. Brandon Darby, who talks about some of the stuff going on at the border, as much as Breitbart is just as guilty of you know pushing a right wing agenda as anybody. Brandon Darby's particular section on Breitbart News talking about what's going on at the border is one of the most comprehensive deep dive looks at what's happening with the cartels and the border that is real and accurate and objective that you, you can't argue with. And people get really upset because it's on Breitbart and it really sucks to get hit. Like, I wish that he would go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Just so that you could reference it more without having to constantly put up a fight about just where the information is posted. But at the yeah. same time, he's very loyal to Breitbart because he was very close with Andrew Breitbart. Um, and so that much I can respect, right? Like, I mean, it's just out of you loyalty. You respect that he's loyal. I, can, I respect that he's close the loyalty. To Andrew Breitbart, that's a different discussion. Respect out of the loyalty. And Breitbart is a lot different now than when he died, right? Like, this isn't the same Breitbart that it was. Breitbart wasn't always this thing. Right, it was something else that was. It, it really like early on, like it got a bad reputation. Like they did shift right, but the reason why they shifted right is that Andrew Breitbart started off pretty much as a very legitimate independent journalist, and was soured to the left because he did question things, and then he he did a thing that like okay. it's a it's a thing that a lot of people do. It's usually pissed off white guy, right? Like they just they raise a question. The left attacks them. That guy throws a temper tantrum and then goes way the other direction because he's pissed off at the left, yeah. right? We've seen it time and time again. Mike Wood, Joe Rogan, like, and it's so funny and, because and to a lesser degree, even a guy like Jeremy Scahill, yeah, who I'm a huge the, fan of, right? But... Like, it's just like they, you know, they get slapped on the wrist by the left, and then they get real shitty, and then they go far, far right, and that's what happened with Breitbart in a lot of ways, but. Back to Brandon Darby and what he does, like he, he provides great insight as to what is happening and provides a lot of ideas on solutions. And he's a guy that, again, writes for Breitbart, relatively conservative, um, but has experience in this field who said, like, look, building the wall, that's like, what, what are you talking about, guys? This is not how you're going to solve this problem. Right. Talk like literally like asked to be able to speak to Trump and Breitbart. No, you can't. You can't talk to him. Right. Like this. We're making money off of this. And like the guy has great insight on ways that we could start to actually positively impact the negative aspects of immigration and, and how to start to deal with cartels. But people don't listen to him because he's with Breitbart or even the people who are fans of Breitbart don't listen to him because he's not just trumpeting build a wall and be racist. Right. Right. I mean, and what's his name again? I'm sorry, I don't even. Brandon Darby. Brandon Darby. Okay. Um, he actually follows us. He interacts oh, with really? us on on Twitter. Mainly, our interaction is because of uh, barbecue and smoked meats. <laughs> um, and he's in Lubbock, Texas, which you know, I my I lived in Lubbock for a time in my time in Texas, so there's you know, right. common ground there. But like, I mean, he's a great follow if that's where you're looking. If you if you really want to have a better understanding of what what's going on at the border, and it's not just build a wall, don't build a wall. I'm for immigration. I'm not for immigration because whatever. And you actually want to know the the realities of what's happening there. It's a great source to get information. I I'll, I'll give him a look. Um, so you you run our main Twitter page. I do a, a side page. Um, I also I and you know I'm really eager to see that because I. <laughs> In the media I typically consume, it sounds like Mexico is a war-torn hellscape where the cartels and the and there is a lot of crazy shit going on. I mean, they literally I mean, have well, like, military against cartels. That's what he's talking about. He's like he's not giving you like he's not doing tours of Mexico City, right? He's telling you like, look, this place is fucking violent, and some of it is happening on our side, some of it's happening on their side. Um, you know, like we've got a lot of issues here that we need to address in different ways, and no one. And 
to his credit, he's like, look, no one in Trump's organization really talked about it the way they should. No one in Biden's is talking about it the way that they should. And he's, and it, it's worth it just to understand, like, the conversation at the top and from the other sources that you're getting, they're not even close to the right conversations that we're going to be have that, that we should be having if we actually want to fix this problem. You know, we, we should probably make this a, a separate uh, show topic because I'd like to learn a bit more. But I, I think it's impossible to to untangle the cartel's political influ influence in Mexico and the cartel's political influence in the U.S. Because we've, we've proven in our country that drug enforcement is a dirty business. I mean... Yeah, and I think... That, no, look, I, I would love to be able to get him on the show. I don't know if he would do it. Um, you know, he's he's a pretty... Like, he, he's a pretty down-to-earth guy. He may. Um, I don't think he would big-time us, but I just don't know if, if it's yeah. something that he would want to do, but I could reach out to him, and I, and I think it. it would be worth it to talk to him and really be more of have it be more of just like an education thing where I would, we're not I going into absolutely love that right like just you know talk to us a little bit it have some questions about it but really kind of let him go and not not so that it's combative but so right. that it's just like so, so people can just kind of see from his per perspective we have had guests on our show before it's not our typical format but from a political spectrum standpoint market ben and 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 whiskey ben are very different than me right. politically but very good show. Kevin Dixie and Dr. Roman Leon have been on our show. Yeah. We were able to interact with them. So um, I, one thing I will give us credit for is we don't. Yeah. I mean, we, we had Mike Boyd on our we, show several times. We, who, I said we don't, we don't edit anything. So whatever you say, we'll get is, on there. Which is good and bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which is good and bad. We should, well, if right. anyone should be edited, it's us. We right. should, we, we'll never right. edit or doctor what our guests say. We should probably shut the fuck up sometimes. But anyway. I brought up Steven Crowder because we were talking about him at lunch. Because well, And it's not a huge... I, I just think, you know, like, Steven Crowder has been, you know, he's, like you said, technically a comic. Uh, but he says a lot of very shitty, racist, misogynistic things. Um, and now he's caught himself, like, he's caught up. And, I, and, you know, the more I think about it, the more I don't want to talk about it because it's a domestic issue. All right. But it's not, like, domestic violence, but he's going through a divorce. He's a douche. And it, it's very evident why he's going through a divorce. I feel bad for his wife, eight months pregnant. The way he talked to her, I just it, it really bothered me. Okay. It wasn't like he was slapping her around, but right. you could see the mental manipulation and what he was trying to do. Um, but yet, this is the same guy of family values. But he's sitting there telling his eight-month pregnant wife that he doesn't love her and that she should go out and walk the dog and just throw some gloves on, even though it's cold. Um, they only have one car, which is bizarre. Right, she wants and to take the car. She wants to take the car to go shopping for things that she needs. He doesn't want her to go because then he's stuck at home. And then she, she's like, all right, fine, I'll take an Uber. And he's like, no, he basically doesn't want her to leave the house. That's the most disturbing thing to me. Right, and is, it's just... It's like, go walk the dog when you're eight months pregnant. I, I was thinking differently. I thought he was saying, put on gloves because it's cold out, not go do this t task yeah, for me. I, I just didn't comprehend right. it. Right, I mean, it's just like the whole thing, and I think... You know, you got this guy who all he talks about is family values and how trans people and gay people are right. destroying the family. And, you know, the black people's problems is that they don't have a nuclear family right. and that they have these unwed, you know, they're having kids out of wedlock, wedlock sure. and all that other shit. And it's just like your wife is eight months pregnant and you're telling her you don't love her, that you went out and you got a divorce attorney and you want a divorce and you moved out of your house and, again, are leaving your wife to take care of your kids it's just the hypocrisy the spilled over you sound, you sound like me but okay. the, it spilled over into a back and forth between him and candace owens and they started to go after each other and snipe at each other um and it's just you know we talked about ali alexander last year about asking for last dick pic or last week about asking for dick pics from kids and again, more hypocrisy on his. This is a lot. Ali Alexander is a lot worse than Stephen Crowder, right? Stephen sure. Crowder is a douche. Ali Alexander is a, a fucking sexual predator. Yeah. And a, pre a sexual predator. But again, going to the hypocrisy, and I think it's important. Like, look, we have to put it out there. You know, the people who follow these people are just blinded by them and, and can yeah. see no wrong. But I think it, we still have a responsibility to say this is happening. And this wraps back to what you were saying before. They don't want to get their confirmation. Confirmation bias is so strong that you say, you know, you know, Stephen Crowder is getting divorced. Here he is berating his wife. Oh, that's fake news. I don't believe it. It came from blah blah him. blah. It came from him. Well, in this He's, case, in this case, it did. Right. I mean, it came from this, there's a video of him at his house. Right. But but it doesn't. But your but point it doesn't matter. Right. And that goes back to my point about DeSantis. Yes. I'm. I'm. I'm He's I'm, charismatic. I'm, it I'm, doesn't I'm, fucking I'm, matter. I'm. I'm, I'm 
Now you're with I, me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a bow on it. Right? All right. You could be Speak. my falcon on your left. I'm finally here. <laughs> All right. You were in the neither zone for a while, and now you're coming back. I feel so much better. I can't tell you how much better I feel. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hypocrisy, let's talk about my girl Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's so, a gross person. She is a disgusting person. And I know we've had this conversation hundreds of times over the years we've known each other, but I always do the whole, who is a phony who knows what to capitalize on and who is genuinely a gross person? Ann Coulter is a phony. Bill O'Reilly is a phony. Yep. Rush Limbaugh was a phony. I think she believes this shit. I've been saying that. That I, Yes, she believes this bullshit. Right, like I don't think that it's just like like Tucker Carlson is a does, clown. Is 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 also a phony, right? Like yes. he, there's he's even acknowledged some of the shit that he doesn't believe or that his other lawyers people are, in court argued. Right, like you should not take this guy seriously. But I think Marjorie Taylor Greene legitimately believes a lot of the shit that comes out of her mouth, um, and which makes her just so dangerous, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, just you know, like she attacked a woman who, uh, you know, was testifying in front of Congress. And I, the woman is a lesbian who, the the woman that she's married to had a child. And so this woman adopted that child as her own. And Marjorie Taylor Greene told her that she was not a mother. She didn't qualify as a mother because she adopted and that she was just a political activist, right? And look, my father that I recognize as my dad is like not my biological father, but he had to basically adopt me and has given me so many tools and has loved me like I was his biological son. Um, even though I do have a biological father, I did, like my dad is my dad. Yeah. He is a father in every way, shape, and form. And, you know, whether Marjorie Taylor Greene's point was because this woman is a lesbian or because she adopted or whatever, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you don't define what you don't define what a parent is, and especially like when you have a, a parent adult child relationship like this, where this person has taken the responsibility to care for and ensure that this this child, yeah, right, grows into a a, a, a healthy, productive adult. That's parenting. How they got right. into that role doesn't matter, right? In in you know. Um, um, Michael Steele, who's the former GOP candidate, was the black the, guy for the Republicans. He was the head of the party. Uh, he he was a, yeah, the, the the party head. You know, he came out and was just like, "Look, one, he also um, has an adoptive parent, right? Some, uh, you know, right. like a stepdad or someone that adopted him, or maybe his parents adopted him, or whatever that story is." Then he made a point like, "Jesus technically had an adopted dad." <laughs> And, that is, oh my God, that's a that's, and, that's splitting the hands and landing the jab right between. And as, now look, I got a daughter that's going through PRS right now. She's going, she's you know, she's right, actually yeah. getting her uh, uh, first communion okay. uh, next weekend, which you're going to need to be there, by the way. Uh, but, I'm in Grand Rapids. No, 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 no you're, fuck not. you're not. Like so, <laughs> I'll be, you're going to have to go I to church. Be, I will be there. You have to come after and get picked on by my kid. But yes. Um, you know, like, so my, you know, my kid has all sorts of questions about religion. Um, my kid's relatively like, she picks up on things. And so she has some very hard questions that you have to just answer. And it's just faith, darling. Um, this is the last sacrament we're forcing her to get, by the way, cause I can't, I can't, I, can't I was actually surprised. I, I was surprised. You were had to because of parents, parents wishes understood, and all understood, this stuff, understood. but understand this is the last go round. Um, and I, I, because I'm just tired of being asked questions that I know damn well I don't have good answers for beyond believe in faith or whatever. So, so, so I want to do a segue to a joke from one of our other guests <laughs> when you have a minute. But, uh, but you know, for, for Marjorie Taylor Greene to come out and say someone who is, who is a parent and calling them not a parent is just disgusting. Um, and just she's escalating her – she's escalating her whole – Act or right, whatever right. this is, her, her her whole thing, um, and and it's hard to really grasp it because we haven't seen anything like this before in Congress or in the Senate. I think you had you know that guy Steve King who would just occasionally let some very racist oh, yeah, stuff Iowa slip guy. out and try to slide some you know really shitty legislation that would get you know batted down. Eventually they got him out, but we haven't seen just this sort of outward display of just 
grossness from a congr- from a person yeah. in Congress or Senate, like really ever, or at least in our lifetime, because who knows what Joseph McCarthy, I think, probably would have. Well, I mean, when you when you had people dueling each other and literally fighting True. each other on the on the congressional floor back in True. you know eighteen sixty five, I guess that was something. But um, I wasn't around for that. You might have been, but you oh, know, you're I, so funny. I don't. Uh, you're so funny. But I, I just I, again, like there there's something going on where you know the the GOP and the, this these neo MAGA GOP people like they're starting to fall apart a little bit right oh, I mean, like a there's lot. Uh, yeah like there's a lot of infighting i mean like i i think i sent you like there was an actual fist fight in michigan between you know like state congressional reps like it's crazy what's going on but yet the people are still following in droves and so I'm less like honestly. I my concern is with all this infighting and the you know them kind of going back at themselves. If you've noticed, Democrats have been relatively quiet. You haven't heard much from AOC. Even Chuck Schumer has finally had to shut the fuck up. You know, like there there is some you know there there's some stuff about Diane Feinstein. It looks like more and more people are saying she needs to step down. Which I said she needs to step down years ago. I stood by that. People attacked me. She's a juggernaut. She's a stalwart. She's been there forever. How could sure. you? Like, yes, but, that's the fucking problem, right? Like, California fucking sucks, and get somebody new in there. I would love to see Katie Porter in her seat. Uh, Adam Schiff is running for is going to be running for that congressional seat. Um, I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. You got to put somebody in that. Like, one, you got to get Feinstein out. Then you got to get somebody in there, and then you need to have the actual, you know, race for it. I hope it's not Adam Schiff. Like, just, he needs to go be a consultant somewhere. I'd love to see Katie Porter in that Senate seat. Um, that's kind of beside the point. But we've got this thing going on with the with the Republicans right now. Um, and it's interesting to see, even if Joe Biden runs again, do they end up cannibalizing themselves and taking themselves basically out of it and putting Biden back in the White House because of the fact that their whole thing is built on sand? Right, and the tide's coming in, and I think that they're kind of starting to fall apart. Like they, they'll still have a strong following, but I don't know if it'll be able to carry them over the top. Like if it continues down this path now, and we're 18 months out, and they don't get their shit together, like I mean, Biden could win this thing going away. I'm not saying that he will, and I'm not saying that I want that. I don't. I still don't like him. You know, I'd love to right. see him challenged, and I would love to see somebody new and younger and more vibrant with a sane approach come in and and really do what Obama did back in 07 um, or 06 or whenever he really kind of burst on right. the scene, you know, but short of that, the best we could hope for is that they basically cannibalize themselves and it ends up putting Biden back in and we just have to deal with that and hope that he makes it all four years. Um, one of the things that used to make the Republican Party so much stronger than the Democratic Party was they marched in lockstep. If you were anti Second Amendment, you were out. If you were anti, uh, if you were pro-choice, you were out. And even people who may have felt a certain way didn't challenge the, the authority of the party. Right. Whereas Democrats couldn't get their... James Carville's line was they didn't know whether to scratch their watch or wind their butt. And Democrats could trip over themselves constantly. That seems to be happening on the right now. Right. Now, to your point, there's from if you're, if you're cheering for a non uh, Republican in the White House, this is a good thing. In terms of further radicalizing America, this kind of scares me. It is. Because we're back that's, already. That's, that's that's the scary part, is that it? I think you have, it creates more tribalism. I think it creates more dissension. And, like, because, like, look, even if they further divide amongst the right, like, well, yeah, like, all right, they've been divided so they can be conquered. And so, all right, great, right. You've, got a, you've got Biden in the White House more. But then now you've got all these small little factions that are, you know. You were trying fired. not to say splinter cell, weren't you? <laughs> I was. I was. Um, but great game, by the way. Um, also accurate description of what I'm afraid of. Yeah, well, but that's exactly what it is. And, and that could be even more dangerous, right? Because now it's like you don't have anything to sort of control people and say, all right, we're not going to step outside of these boundaries and parameters. When you've got the Marjorie Taylor Greene cult versus the Ron DeSantis cult versus the Donald Trump cult versus... The Timothy McVeigh cult, the Waco cult. All all those different things. And then it's just like, all right, well, we don't have to play by anybody's rules. We're going to play by our rules. And this is what we're going to do 
they didn't have the balls to do it, so we're going to take it to the next level times 10. Like, that, that's scary, right? That's, 100%. That's, that's very scary. And I mean, so it's just like, I, I don't know. Like, there's no great alternative other than somebody coming up that just everybody is just kind of in awe of. And I don't even know who or the, what The most that would in be. awe of person is the former president. I mean, right? N- no, but I mean, I- I'm saying on either side, okay, okay. like someone that, like. But I- even even that, then you're just replacing it with another cult leader. I mean, just a more unified one. I mean, that's yeah, better. I guess. Give me, give me, get, like, find somebody that I'm can. A technology disaster. Today. I'm smacking my microphone. Yeah, I don't know what's well. going. You're like you're dropping wine bottles. Like I, I dropped a wine cap. I don't know what's so going. The bottle's on. fine. All right. Your whole life has just there's so many questions. Are we, are we going to do this? No. The no, answer is we are not no, going to do not this. Do all right. Well, let's, let's segue real quick to something we have not talked much about at all. And it's amazing that it's still happening in where things stand. And that is, what do you think is next in Russia and Ukraine? Because I've heard that there was an attempt on, on, uh, on Putin by the Ukrainians that they tried to fire an unmanned drone at a convoy that he was part of. Um, I, I've heard that there's all kinds of Backdoor talks about, you know, okay, you can keep Crimea, but we're ending this conflict. I, I, I'm so the biggest is, thing that, that has come out of that to me that scares me. Zelensky had his first conversation with uh, China, okay, and not just anybody from China, but Tippy Top, okay. And the reason why that's scary is if China's successful in getting a ceasefire and a peace agreement that just falls in line with everything that I've been saying for the last few weeks about their expansion, their role internationally and what they're trying to do. Right. You know, like China, everyone was so worried that it was going to be this, you know, like China isn't thinking about we're going to come in and we're going to invade the U S and we're going to march our flags down the street. No, what they're doing is exactly what the U S did. And it has in done World in War the past. <laughs> yeah, it has done in the past without the major World War II. But what they want to do, they go in and they're the, pe- the, the, the peacemakers in Russia and Ukraine. And they've invested heavily in Africa in terms of infrastructure and all. Now it's because they want to mine the resources and everything else. True. But they still have put a massive investment into Africa. They're trying to, you know, snatch up everything that they can anywhere near Asia, right? Like they've, you know, like they've jumped into India as well. It, like they're expanding their their financial impact, they're expanding their infrastructure, they're expanding their actual international foreign policy and their policy and reshaping things and adding structure to things that didn't have structure, literally going through and things that the U.S. should have been doing but didn't because we were embroiled in our own bullshit. China recognizes the ability to go in and fill that void that was needed. It just you needed someone who had the power to do it not to mention what they're trying to do in terms of currency and pushing the U.S. out of that top role, the U.S. dollar. Like China's making all sorts of moves. And look, this isn't about blaming Biden or Trump. They've been lining this up for fucking decades, and now they're executing on this plan, right? This and, is legit 3D chess, by the way. Right, like, and they're, they're, they're way out ahead, and they're winning, and I don't know, like, we only have, like, we can only be reactionary to this point. I don't know if we can be proactive and the further and further behind this we get, like the more like the more reactionary you are, you never want to be in that situation because you are at an extreme disadvantage, and the gap is growing. Um, and that's that's the scariest thing that has come out of this whole Ukraine and Russia thing. Like well, I would love for there to be peace, and if China is the one that brokers the peace, then so be it. But that will solidify their relationship with Russia. How much does Ukraine then, you know, have to acquiesce to China in that particular situation? You know, that, that's going to shift how people look at China and Europe because it's happening in their back door. U.S. didn't do anything but kind of kept this thing going. And now China comes in and ends the conflict. So how much loyalty then shifts in Europe over to China? Dude, this is... I think you're leaving on another piece that they have. <clears throat> you're making good points, but they also have their hand on the leash of the maddest mad dog on the planet, meaning North Korea... Where they can say, you know, in addition to everything else, we're keeping this from becoming a nuclear issue. So, you know, if our hand gets a little sweaty, you never know what's going to happen. So they have even yeah, more power. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's a good, that's a point, I, I guess. <laughs> Not a good point. Here, well, here's the thing. No, I mean, I'm just saying that's another arsenal or tool in their arsenal 
that they're also, oh, we're also keeping you safe from this, and that impacts Asia and that whole market. I mean, I don't know. I mean, come all right. on. Like, uh, I think the whole thing with North Korea and, like, look, you fire, if you actually legitimately fire at one, then your whole little island goes away. And we may have to lose South Korea. Understood. (laughs) Understood. You know what I mean? But and so you're not wrong. I'm not saying I'm not making a point. Right. My point is that China. That's another sphere of influence for China, where they can do the whole "not our fault," but you better be afraid of this. And if you don't have us, what keeps you safe? That's what I was trying to say. Because I I mean, it's it's not necessarily a tight leash, but they definitely have a leash. They've got the tightest leash of anyone in the. They've got the the tightest leash of the leashes. Right. Um, I'm just, just. I was but, trying to add to your point. Yeah, though, but just another. That, that's power another. Play that's got. another. Again, it, it is another brick in the wall, so to speak. And it's again, it's just. And I feel like there's not enough people talking about it. We have a serious problem because I was listening to a report that China and the U.S. basically have cut off all communication. That's not good. No, it's right. Not. It's one thing if they're not talking publicly, but if there's back channel conversations going on then you're pretty good. That's the normal standard. You want that. Apparently, those back-channel conversations aren't happening either. And that, to me, is really scary because it's China freezing us out and not us just not knocking on the door. And so now we're playing this game where we're waiting on them to pick up the phone, and they're not picking up the phone. Um, And so that is sort of the biggest thing that comes out of this whole Ukraine-Russia conflict because that thing... Left to their own devices, like the Ukrainians clearly aren't going to back down. The Russians, the Russians aren't backing down, and the Russians, I don't know what they're doing over there. Um, but either way, like this is going to be a long-standing mess that's going on over there, unless someone can step in and actually bring peace, whether it's U.S. or apparently fucking China. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, we should we should wrap it up. Uh, but uh, we wanna, I hate to do an in memoriam to well. That's actually probably the right place to do an in memoriam. Harry Belafonte passed away at 96 years of age. Um, sadly, lots of people, me among them, first got introduced by Harry Belafonte because of the movie Beetlejuice, because of the banana song. But he was a really intense activist who Dude, did a he ton. He was a fucking juggernaut. And if you look at just... Everything that he had his hand in, everything that he supported financially, just over the last, I mean, literally 70 60 years. years. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, 60, 70 years. Um, like, he's, he's just been a big, he's been at the forefront of, of a lot of the good that, is, that came out of the civil rights movement. Like, Harry Belafonte was there. Yeah. Like, physically there. Right, like a lot of people, like a, you know, I chastised someone on Twitter because they were talking about, we're Gen X, we're the generation that fought for civil rights. Like, get the fuck out of here! You're some fucking white lady from the suburbs. You didn't fight for shit. Like, it's amazing with white people the number of white people whose grandparents and parents fought for civil rights and marched. And it's like, get the fuck out of here! If <laughs> if all you people who say that your parents and grandparents fought for civil rights and marched, we would have got a better fucking result. All right, so. Miss right. me with that bullshit, right? But when it comes to Harry Belafonte, he was there, right? Shit is documented. Not just in pictures, not just marching. Chances are he paid for, if he was there, he was paying for something to get people there, to help people, to feed people, to lodge people. He helped start movements. He was there, like, talking with the actual people writing legislation. He was working with the different lawyers who were filing the lawsuits I mean, he was tied to he was tied to he was he was the linchpin between Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, right? Like, because he had he had sway because of his entertainment and what he brought. Sure. Like, there were people who both like loved what he did. He recognized that and said, "Okay, Martin, Malcolm, there's got to be some ground here. You guys are both trying to get to the same place." Just well, a few times, the power of celebrity really does a good thing, right? And, and he he maximized it, right? Like he he he's what. All these other wannabe, all these other celebrities that want to be activists, like that's the level you're trying to aspire to. Except he's willing to make the sacrifices to do it because he put himself in legitimate harm's way. He didn't do the whole dramatic, like I'm going to go there and I'm going to make a big scene and I'm going to cry and try to get my like. No, he was actually in it for for good. Yeah. Um, and he was not self-aggrandizing. I mean, right. He was doing no, what he was no. doing. I mean, and, and that's the thing. And he rarely came out and did big you know, interviews and stuff like that. He was a very private man. He was very paranoid. 
Um, and it turned out that it was he was very right to be paranoid because he got spied on. It was a crazy story. I don't know this uh, at all. Yeah, there was some he like the, the Harry Belafonte like the movie would be awesome if it was done right. Um, I'll bet it happens. Yeah, I'm sure. I like I. I'll bet it happens. I just don't have faith that it'll be done right. There's always that. Um, you know, because you, you'd have to you'd have to be willing to get into it, and I, I don't even know who could do it. But you know, someone who really cared about his legacy. Um, and I can see this being a Spike Lee thing. Yeah, Spike Lee probably could do it right, except Spike Lee can get a little bit weird. But yeah, yeah. like I mean, but just someone who actually cared about Harry Belafonte's legacy and was who'd be willing to tell the story and really pick the most entertaining but yet impactful stories from his life and from the last 60, 70 years, I mean, could be a great story. But it, we lost, the, the the whole world lost something when we lost Harry Belafonte. You lost yeah. an amazing talent um, and you, you lost, you, you really lost a, a ray of light um, that I just there's there's just no one else like it right now that I see. He's a he's a he's a unique figure because he was not the you know in your face firebrand type, but he was extraordinarily active and, and not and just active but effective. Effective and and and, and results oriented, right? Right. He he, ha- he had resources and he said I'm going to use these things yeah. to advance a cause that I I believe in. So rest in peace, Harry Belafonte. Yep. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter, and we're done. Tweet at Steve, and uh, we're up.